0: Hello and welcome to the Yarniacs podcast. This is episode number 222, which we are recording on Tuesday, June 30th, 2020. I'm Gail and I'm Charlene. And we hope this audio sounds okay. We've had a little bit of um special problems today. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's one
1: of those things. I feel like whenever we get every time we try to record, we improve something. But then every time, there's a special problem.
0: <laughs> very, very special problems today. We feel we're, very special. We're special, yes. yes. I even had to get Mike involved, and then that got the mansplaining going on, and you can imagine <laughs> the last hour and 10 minutes. But here we are. We're recording. So Charlene, what are you wearing? I
1: am not wearing a sweater at the moment, but the sweater that I have been wearing this week is my Donner by Elizabeth Doherty. The, the Donner that I have been wearing, because I have made Donner three times, so the Donner <laughs> that I have been wearing this week is my pale gray Donner that is made in a linen cotton blend yarn, making it a really perfect summer weather sweater. And it hasn't been super warm this week, as you know, Gail. In yep. fact, it's been downright chilly some warnings. Mm-hmm. So I've been wearing that a lot, and I'm very fond of it. I love Donner. Donner's an almost perfect sweater for me. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Gotta love that. Yes. Okay. What have you been wearing, Gail? Well, I also am not wearing a sweater right now, but I did get the occasion to wear my like a cloud my pink version we went apartment hunting with Mm, max mm -hmm. last week he is going to uc berkeley in just a few weeks and he is moving in with some roommates and we found him an apartment and when we went out i actually put on a dress and wore a sweater and it was incredible to be out in public wearing like real clothes and a real sweater so that was a nice little outing and that's Probably one of the only opportunities I've had to wear a sweater lately. Other than that, it's workout clothes. So, yeah, I totally understand. Semi quarantine.
1: Yes. (laughs) Semi quarantine. That's a good way to put it because everything here has pretty much opened up, but there's a good portion of the population that's
0: not partaking. Yeah. We have gone to the farmer's market and things like that. And yeah. you are required to wear a mask. And yes. when we went apartment hunting, we all wore our masks. But yeah, there's just not really, depending on what you're willing to risk and not risk, there aren't that many opportunities to go out and wear your sweaters and stuff still. In California. Right.
1: Okay? I agree. I agree. So stay safe. Right. Yeah. Everybody, please. <laughs> so what are you stocking? Okay. I've been stocking, I always say, I've been stocking a few things. (laughs) You do every time. (laughs) It's like, it's your signature thing. (laughs) It is. The first thing that I have been stocking is a cardigan sweater by a new-to-me designer named Julie Knits in Paris. And this sweater is called Java. And there's a lot of descriptors here. It sounds busy, but it all works. Java is a crew neck, a fingering weight cardigan, knit top down, and then it has raglan sleeve shaping, but the top part of the sleeve has a puff, while the lower part of the sleeve is fitted and knit in lace, and can also be knit in a contrasting color.
0: Ooh. Yes, it
1: sounds like there's a
0: lot oh, going on that. there. Oh, saw that. Was that just a brand new release this week, I think? Yes, I think so, because it it says June
1: 2020. Now, the samples that the designer has on the pattern page, there's one that's knit in two colors, and there's one that's a solid. And I'm looking at the photograph right now. The one that's knit in two colors, it has a contrast color button band, hem, and then the lower sleeve, and then the lower sleeve that's fitted it looks like you're wearing a layered top underneath a short sleeve sweater the way that it's done it's really mm-hmm. cute it's really
0: I, really cute <laughs> yeah first glance I wondered if it was a layered sweater yeah over it, something it yeah
1: definitely looks like that and there are a few projects as of today there are 10 projects most of them have been knit all one color in fact it looks like all of them have been knit well one of them slight it looks like maybe a slightly different color can't tell but mostly a solid or tonal and the puffed sleeve is really cute i wasn't sure at first and then after going back i kept I was attracted to it. So I kept going back and looking at it again and again. And it is, it's really cute. I liked it too. (laughs) And it's just something that's different. It's really, I think it's really unique. And like I said, it's a new to me designer too, which is always exciting to find. So it even looks like on the back, there's a little one line of lace going down the back. So it's really cute. It's got a lot going on, definitely. But it, I think it all works. The size, the patterns, let's see, the size range goes from a 2830 to a 6062. And I mentioned that because on the pattern page, the designer says that each size has its own page for optimal clarity, which is really Hmm. cool. So instead of printing out, 10 pages that have all the numbers for each size. What it sounds like is that you print out a a size pattern and it sounds like it's only one page. I'm not sure if it really is one page, but it sounds like there's different pages to print out for each size, which is kind of cool. So no, no getting confused between which size you're knitting, which is always good. <laughs> i I'm always not wasting
0: as much paper.
1: Yeah, that's true. That's very yeah. true. And I always recommend that knitters mark their paper or digital pattern for their size. But this is a way of making sure that you don't start knitting the wrong size accidentally. Mm-hmm. So I like that. And another thing I wanted to mention is that whenever I say puffed sleeves, I always think of Anne Shirley, a Anne of Green Gables every time I hear puffed sleeves so if you're an <laughs> Anne Shirley or Green of Anne of Green Gables fan then you'll know what I'm talking about with the puffed sleeves <laughs> <laughs> so that is Java by Julie Knits in Paris the second thing I am stalking is a shawl by a designer that I have mentioned before I like her work her name is Janina Calio, and the new pattern is called Sundial. And it's a rectangular wrap, very generously sized. You use three colors, and the sample is made in three colors of the Holstgarn Super Soft, which is a very light fingering yarn, kind of similar in gauge to the coast, but the Super Soft is all wool. And the pattern calls for 300 yards of each color, so 900 yards total. So it's going to be a very generously sized shawl. And it's simple in the fact that it's three color blocks. So you knit one color, then you switch to color two, and you knit all of color two, and then boom, you knit all of color three. And each section has a different eyelet pattern that she says, each pattern alters slightly from color to color so kind it looks kind of simple but very generously sized and it's a nice blanket style shawl (laughs) so that is sundial by janina callio and then the third thing that i am stocking is definitely a blanket (laughs) it's listed as a wrap on Ravelry, but it's definitely a blanket because (laughs) it comes in at 2,500 yards of yarn. Oh my gosh. Yeah. We're talking blanket. You need seven colors of fingering weight yarn, and you need between 320 and 400 yards of each. So the fun comes with trying to pick your seven colors, I think. Wow. (laughs) So it's called Parallelolam, and it's by yeah Stephen West. I always look at it the way that his name is spelled, and I want to say Stephen West, but I I everybody says Stephen, so I guess it's spelled Stephen, but pronounced Stephen. I don't know. Yeah. So, if you know the shape of a parallelogram, it is parallelogram is. Like a leaning rectangle and that's pretty much what this is but it goes around and around and around that leaning rectangle shape in strips and you switch color to color to color to color and I assume that the pattern has a roadmap for each color when to use which so you don't end up with several colors of the same stripes next to each other it just looks really fun really really fun The sample, let's see, is knit, I don't think he says what kind of yarn he's using, just fingering weight, but it's knit in a coral, coral colors, like the main color to me is that coral, so it's very, the palette is very 2019 in that I'm not saying that it's old it's just that 2019 the color of the year was coral so that's what it reminds me of Mm -hmm. with that coral color in there it reminds me of the color of the year from last year so it's I think it would be a great blanket not a shawl but a blanket (laughs) at 2500 yards it would be too big for me to carry around so but I would be happy to use that at home sitting on the couch. So that is Parallelo
0: Lamb by Stephen West. What are you stocking, Gail? I have not had a whole lot of knitting stocking time. But there are two things that I have found time to stock. And the first one is called the Trescow Jumper by Anna Dervaux, who is a long-avec Anna. And this was project someone is knitting for the colors of fall knit along so that's how i discovered it i've heard of the designer before but haven't stalked her you know very i haven't fully stalked the patterns before there you go (laughs) so when i saw this mention of her i clicked right over and it's a free pattern so it's a raglan shaped top down sweater with positive ease and it's fingering held doubled with mohair silk lace so it's super simple super cute and free so anyone who's looking for a simple top-down raglan that uses that doubled yarn it's worth looking at there's really not much more to say about it it's just super cute it's something that could become a wardrobe staple for either one of us easily because we love our raglan shaped sweater yes we do yep and then the other one you've heard of before because Charlene both stocked and knit the sweater and it's back into my queue it's the Ivy Line by Yoko Johnston oh yay I love that sweater I know you do (laughs) I have been on my search for the perfect gray boxy type sweater and this one crossed my radar again I don't even remember how or why and it went back into my queue and I keep coming back to it thinking, okay, I really want to knit that, but then don't. I don't know why, but it's been high up in my stocking, and it's a pattern by Yoko Johnston. It's a cardigan that has front closure buttons, and it is knit in fingering weight, lots of positive ease's with A-line shaping, and it has, is it a lace pattern on the front, or is mm-hmm. it different kind of texture I couldn't tell lace isn't listed as one of the descriptors but it looks like texture a yeah, yeah yeah super cute and it has kind of gathers at the shoulders yeah so yeah. It really cute design features it's unique and I've seen it in real life because Charlene knit a beautiful version so
1: and if, I, re- line.
0: if I recall correctly
1: it's not like the gathers aren't a huge like there's no new skills learned. I think they're just done through regular increases and decreases too. maybe along a pickup line or something. Yes. I can't quite remember, but it wasn't hard to do. So don't be intimidated by thinking that it requires some kind of special skills.
0: It doesn't. <laughs> right. I think she did say that you pick up along that portion of the shoulder maybe like a saddle shoulder where you pick up and knit down from there and that's where the gathers happen Yeah, it was very easy so that is Ivy Line by Yoko Johnston and then a lot of my time that I would normally be spend stocking on revelry I've actually been doing a lot of research on racism so I did want to mention a few resources that I've been spending a lot of time with One is on Instagram, it's Marissa Made, and she has a fantastic Instagram feed with lots of good information. She also works for Magpie Fibers, and we love Damie's yarn. And there's another one, Rachel Cargill, which many people have probably heard of her, but she has what she calls Saturday School. So she takes a post in Instagram and kind of dissects it, and lets her readers know where the poster went wrong the things that they said that were microaggressions or were tone policing or the things that they did that were interpreted poorly. So that's become a really good resource for me. And she has also both of these women do have videos on Instagram as well, not just posts, which I've enjoyed a lot. And then I finished both So You Want to Talk About Race by Ijeoma Oluo and White Fragility by Robin DiAngelo. And I highly recommend both books, but I did just want to say that they are different, and I liked So You Want to Talk About Race better. And So You Want to Talk About Race is written by a black woman, and White Fragility is written by a white woman. So they are very different perspectives, obviously. Robin DiAngelo's, I think, was more fact and statistic although so you want to talk about race also had many statistics and facts in it but so you want to talk about race also had a lot more personality to it in my opinion white fragility is more intellectual versus more human level but both books are excellent and I highly recommend both of them so those are the things that I have been spending my normal Ravelry time stocking, Mm -hmm. I've been spending reading and educating myself. So that's what I've been stocking. Excellent. Thanks for sharing
1: those, Gail. Yeah, happy to. So what have you been knitting? I've got two things on the needles right now. I don't have a lot going on because I was, Gail knows this, I was diagnosed with a bone spur in one of my shoulders, though I suspect I may have it in both but in one particular shoulder that I have been having pain in. I have been experiencing pain there recently, and it's icky and bad, and I seem to be able to knit without pain, which is great, but I've been taking it slower. So I only have two things on the needles right now, and both of them oddly enough, are Casapinca designs. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah. I still have the Breathe in Hope on the needles. I have been working on this one. Breathe in Hope is Bronwyn, a.k.a. Casapinca. It is her most knit. It's the pattern with the most projects on Ravelry right now. It has over 2,000 projects. Lots of fun color combos. If you like looking at color combos. This is a good one to look at projects and finished projects and just see the combinations people have put together. I always enjoy doing that. And then the second thing I have on the needles, I've barely cast it on actually. It's called Look Squirrel and it's a sweater pattern that I stocked a couple of episodes ago. I call this one of the three button sweaters, I think I called it on a previous episode. It's a top button sweater where it only has buttons on the top. It's a cardigan, obviously. And then the, the bottom of the sweater just hangs open. It has a lace yoke and it's raglan shaped sleeves. So it's simple knitting. And when I first learned how to knit, I made several sweaters in this style and I wore them for years and years and years, and especially in the summertime, it was the kind of sweater that I just threw on over t-shirts or tank tops. And I realized I, the sweater that's taken the place of that is now my donners that I've been wearing. So it's going to be kind of fun to try another one of these because I don't have any of those three button sweaters in my wardrobe anymore because I made them over 10 years ago at this point, I think. So it'll be fun to have another one.
0: Yeah, they all migrated out of my wardrobe too.
1: Yeah, it's kind of... I think they're they're just... I got tired of wearing them, honestly. I, I know a couple of them. Well, one of them in particular was the infamous yarn that I unraveled and made another sweater and i jokingly called it the yarn that wouldn't die because the yarn could be used i think i could unravel it and make another sweater out of it it's that hardy so (laughs) was it the blue yarn yes yeah and i think i still like a lady sweater yes i can't remember if i finally gave that one away or if it is it might still be In my giveaway pile, because I think I was going to bring it to the retreat this year and give it away. this would have been the goodbye year. This would have been the year. Yeah. (laughs) So, when we are ever able to retreat again, maybe I'll still have it. Depends. I don't know, because a lot of places aren't taking any donations now either. So, we'll see what happens. So that is Look Squirrel by the designer Casapinka. What are you knitting, Gil? Well, first, I just have to say bone spurs suck. <laughs> yes, that's true. You have experience most I
0: intimately. <laughs> I do. I had surgery on one side and the other side is problematic as well. So yeah. I feel your pain quite yeah. literally.
1: Yeah.
0: So knitting, I have not had knitting pain, thank goodness. And I have been working on my celasta which I talked about on the last episode. It's a top-down super unique cool sweater by the the, the dyer Kindred Red and it is a circular yoke construction that has marling that you accomplish by holding little bits of fingering weight doubled with lace mohair so the lace mohair silk lace is the main fabric of the sweater and then you have these little bits of fingering that you hold doubled to get this really cool marling effect and I have finished almost the whole body so the front is finished and now where the where I split for the seam I have to knit from there down on the back to finish the body and then I pick up the sleeves and go 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 and it's pretty fascinating because it's lace on bigger needles so it goes very quickly and I love it. I wasn't 100% sure if I was going to like it. But having tried on what's finished now, I love it. Cool. So I'm That's super awesome. happy about this one. Because it super looks happy. very cool. <laughs> Thank you. I'm super happy. I faded three different colors of silk mohair lace. And the fade wasn't quite as invisible as I wanted it to be. I always try to achieve mm. this fade that is so gradual and, and perfect that you can't even really tell where it <laughs> happened well that didn't really happen but it's okay so that's Celasta. and i was supposed to be swatching as we are recording for Sasaurus. so celosta is from the pom-pom quarterly spring of this year and celosta is also in that same pom-pom quarterly and it's a top-down by Hohilo Catelli, also I Circular Yoke. I want to make that one too. <laughs> yeah, I have my, I don't know if Charlene can see it, it's pretty ethereal. Just, it is. I just cast on, I was yeah. going to be knitting it while we were recording for swatching. This one has stripes, and the stripes are silk mohair lace all by itself, striped with fingering all by itself, and the fingering is done in a lace pattern. And the mohair silk stripes are done just stocking it. So, you swatch for both on the same needle size, and you're supposed to achieve the same gauge, different row count, but same number of stitches over four inches with both yarns. Okay. So, I'm interested to see how that's going to work, because obviously one is much thicker than the other. Right. One will be
1: airier than the other.
0: Exactly. And that's what it looks like in the pattern. So, I just just since I just started swatching, I don't know how that's going to work yet. But this will be one of my colors of fall projects because the mohair silk that I'm using is a gray that is ashes, I would say, from I think it's the New York palette. Maybe this is in both palettes. It's one of the grays that's in two of the four palettes, I think. And it's just a beautiful tonal gray on the darker side because that's better for my complexion. And then the second color that I'm holding for the fingering weight is called Leaden, and it's by the Uncommon Thread. And I've had that stash yarn in my stash for probably at least eight or nine years. And it matches one of the blues, but I was having internet connectivity problems before we recorded and I couldn't find the name of the blue. Before we recorded, oh, that matches okay. the palette, but I promise you it's in there. <laughs> so I'm super excited about starting this one, and one, super excited because I finally picked my Colors of Fall project, and two, super excited because I really love the sweater design. So that's going to be Susuris by Hohi Locatelli. Nice. We're not vacationing this summer like normal, but we and our sponsor, Lolo Body Care, want to remind you that getting out on a regular basis for fresh air is necessary for your physical, mental, and creative health. Take a hike. Get the family together for a bike ride. Or maybe go kayaking. I used to avoid those types of activities because of chafing. But not anymore. Lolo Body Care's Southern Comfort rescued my southern hemisphere. This moisture keeps me comfortable during all my favorite summer activities. Made with a blend of locally sourced beeswax, organic coconut oil, and cooling menthol, Southern Comfort is soothing and cooling. Perfect for high friction areas causing chub rub, bra raw, and jogger's arms. Get yours at lolobodycare.com. Thank you, Kismet, for being our July sponsor. And I'm looking forward to trying Southern Comfort because as a runner, I definitely experience some of those chafing issues. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to trying that.
1: Yeah, i bought a tube of that for my son when he was playing competitive sports and he used it he liked it so nice it definitely works
0: <laughs> all right so what have you finished since the last episode i have finished three hats
1: go figure here it is the middle <laughs> of summer and i am knitting hats wow. so the three hats that i've made are no pattern in mind i just have cast on knit in the round given them kitty cat ears. I call them kitten hats because therefore they're in kid sizes. So I've finished three kitten hats and used two skeins of yarn between the three hats that I have finished, have moved out of my stash into finished objects. Yeah. Yay! And I used one remaining mohair and part of a skein of mohair on one of the hats as well. Awesome. That
0: sense of accomplishment (laughs) when you use up those bits is just so huge. Exactly.
1: Exactly. So it felt really good. Knitting hats. Yay. Have you finished anything, Gail?
0: I also have finished two hats. So once Alex's family up in Spokane found out that I knit hats the requests have started pouring in. <laughs> so I finally had to tell Alex, "Sorry, honey, I'm only going to knit a couple." And one of them was for her grandmother in Spokane, so I knit another March hat, which this is the fourth one that I've knit now. A fabulous free pattern on Ravelry, and this one I knit in Malabrigo Rios, a great worsted weight superwash yarn. And I used the Ravelry Red colorway, which probably sounds like I'm repeating from last episode. Because, yes, I knit that same exact hat in the same exact yarn <laughs> for Alex's aunt, Stella. Her grandmother is her aunt's mom. So you see that they, they see the hat and then they want the hat. So there's like this chain of events yeah, happening. Popular hat, so. really
1: lovely color.
0: Exactly. <laughs> so that was the March hat. And the second hat I finished is for my son-in-law. So my son-in-law, Josh, saw these hats being knit for all of these women around him. And he said, hey, wait a second. Can I have a hat too? And I said, oh my gosh, I would love to knit you a hat. So I sent him a bunch of different patterns to choose from. And he picked Rafa's hat, which is a free hat pattern by Hohi Locatelli. And this is how much I love him (laughs) because I don't like knitting ribbing. And the whole hat is one by one ribbing. And I did a folded brim for his hat as well. and Even more ribbing. (laughs) Yes. So a little bit extra there because I love him so much. And the only difference in the pattern from just being a straight up watch cap is there are a couple welts in the pattern. So there are three different places, I think, where you knit one knit round, and then one purl round to get a welt, and then you're back to one-by-one one ribbing. So lots of ribbing. It took me a long time to knit the hat because I'm very slow with my ribbing, but it's really great. Turned out really squishy. It's madeleine Tosh Vintage in the cactus colorway, which probably also sounds like deja vu because that's the same yarn I used for Alex's last hat. <laughs> he saw her hat. He really loved the color, and it was either going to be black or cactus. So I was glad he settled for cactus because I really didn't want to knit black and one by one ribbing yeah. in a hat. So the hat, I finished it, woven the ends this morning. I'm going to block it. And then both hats and Olivia's fixed cuteness cloak, I replaced <laughs> her buttons, will all be on their way back to Spokane. So Rafa's hat by Hoheel Catelli. Great free pattern on Ravelry. You
1: know, I don't know how I've never knit that hat because I've knit so many ribbed hats.
0: I know it's just the kind of hat I'm surprised you haven't knit like four I'm times. I'm gonna have to
1: try that one next. Hmm.
0: Really easy and it, the decreases at the top look really cool. Okay. They're they're not difficult but they it just makes a neat effect at the top. I'll I really to, liked the decreases. I'll have to check
1: it out. Yeah I I knew instantly the pattern when you said it because I have seen it and looked at it many times. I'm not sure why i've never made it <laughs> give it a try I will. we have school of knit today we do Woo-hoo. we wanted to talk about picking up stitches which some knitters have a fear of fear of doing <laughs> yep
0: they're intimidated intimidated
1: yes i know my mom who has had been knitting longer than me didn't like to pick up stitches. And I've heard friends who, who say they avoid patterns that have to have picked up stitches. So we want to help you get over that hurdle.
0: <laughs> yeah, because it's not difficult to do at all. It might take a little bit of practice, but consistency is kind of the key with picking up stitches. And when I thought of this topic, I instantly thought, oh, it's garment oriented, but it's really not. It's not just for sweaters. Think about shawls with a garter stitch tab. You pick up stitches along the garter stitch tab when you start one of those types of shawls. Mm -hmm. Socks, if you're doing certain kind of sock construction, you end up picking up stitches to do your heel. Fingerness. Fingerless gloves, the thumb gusset often has picked up stitches. And then, of course, garments. There are lots of different places you might pick up stitches when knitting a garment.
1: Yeah, and what Gail said about consistency is really important. I was just looking at the knitting that I have on the needles sitting next to me. And a lot of times you'll be picking up stitches along a horizontal edge and it may be a cast on or a bind off and there may be increases or decreases along that edge which make it a little less user friendly because the edge because the number or the stitches kind of change along that edge if it's if it's a straight swatch which is a great place to practice then you can be very consistent and practice picking up your stitch in exactly the same spot on a swatch. And that's a really good thing to do so that you have that confidence when you get to an edge that may have increases or decreases and has a curve on it, looks a little bit different, so that you can find the place to pick up. Maybe you want to pick it up in the middle of the V, maybe you're picking up one strand or two strands of the V on the edge as long as you're consistent you're probably good and the other thing to remember that when you're picking up stitches if you've done it and you don't like it it's really easy to rip out and start over again because since you're picking up stitches there aren't any stitches that you're going to lose you can just take that yarn and pull it out and start over again. Yes. (laughs) Just pull right out. It's very satisfying when you pull it out and start over again because you have a completely clean slate.
0: (laughs) Yep. And for even for those of us who have been knitting for a really long time and have picked up lots of stitches, there are still many times where I pick up stitches along an edge and I'm not satisfied with how they look. So I never sometimes when I rip things out, I kind of get discouraged, but I never get discouraged when I rip out, when I've picked up stitches, because it's just so easy to redo. And it's worth that few extra Mm -hmm. minutes to make sure you get it just the way you want. Yeah,
1: it really is. And when you look at a pattern, there are two, well, there's probably other ways, but sometimes patterns, the two main ways are that it's written on a pattern is sometimes Mm -hmm. a pattern will say pick up two out of three stitches, and sometimes a pattern will say, pick up X number of stitches. And when it tells you an exact number of stitches, then you're good to go with that number as long as you really are knitting to the correct gauge that the pattern is written to. If you have the correct number of stitches per inch and the correct number of rows, then that number will work for you. If you are not knitting exactly to gauge, then you're going to have to probably pick up a few more or a few less, depending where your gauge falls compared to the pattern gauge. And if you're picking up a proportion, then if your gauge is different then the proportion should still stay the same. Like if it t- tells you to pick up two out of three, for example, then that should still work even if your gauge is different.
0: Yeah. So in other words, there's in a pattern, they can give you a straight up number or they can give you a ratio, like pick up two of three stitches. And if it's a ratio, it's much easier to do it right. Because sometimes they'll give you that flat number And it's across a really big portion of fabric. And it's not a one-to-one ratio. You're not picking up one stitch for every stitch on the garment. So it's very difficult sometimes to figure out, well, where do I pick up and where do I not? So if you do the math to figure out the ratio for your garment, it can really make picking up stitches a lot easier. And this is where I often rip out my initial pickup. Because sometimes I'll do the math and I'm not very good at math. So my ratio isn't spot on. And I end up with an area I've picked up that I, I know it doesn't look right. So I'll just start from scratch with a slightly different ratio until I'm happy with how it looks. So the ratio can be a big help when you're picking up stitches along a big stretch of fabric.
1: Right. And if if the pattern doesn't give you a ratio... One of the easier ways to do it is to count up your number of stitches. So if you have a piece of fabric, for example, and the pattern doesn't tell you pick up two out of three or three out of four, whatever. Let's say you count your stitches. You have, I'm going to use simple math here. Let's say you have 100 stitches and your pattern has told you to pick up 50 then you pick up every other stitch. So obviously your num- your numbers won't be that simple, but you can take your numbers and do the same thing to figure out if you're, you need to pick up two out of three or three out of four, for example, whatever the percentage
0: is. And one thing Charlene mentioned was the consistency and picking up when the edge isn't a straight edge. So think of if you're picking up for a button band, you probably have a pretty straight edge that you're picking up, the edge of the fabric. Well, if you're picking up for a collar that's curved, it's curved because you have increases and decreases. So it's a little more challenging to pick up along those curved edges. Yeah, it is. So yeah, it's a little more challenging because it's not they aren't a consistent thing that you're looking at. There's they're on an angle or whatever. So of course YouTube tutorials are huge. They're a huge help. But if you're swatching And you know that you're going to need to pick up stitches on the garment for which you're swatching. At the end of the swatch, you can put some increases and decreases in at the end Mm -hmm. so that you can practice picking up on an angle or on a curve.
1: That's a good tip.
0: So yeah, if you want to just practice it before you do it on your actual garment, that's a good way to do it. And something
1: else that helps me, for example, if I'm picking up stitches for a sleeve, for example. So I've got this whole circle that I've got to pick up stitches all the way around from the armhole of my sweater, and I'm going to be knitting from there. Sometimes I'll put safety pins in to mark the exact top and the exact bottom, and then halfway between those two, just so that I can... As I'm doing it, I can visually see how many stitches I'm putting in each quadrant, for example, so that I'm making sure it's just like another way, another checks and balances that you can make sure you're being even (laughs) with your stitches.
0: I just had the coolest flashback. So that was one of the very first knitting lessons you ever gave me. Picking up stitches? I remember... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this no that the actual putting safety pins. Oh. It was a sleeve. It was a oh, okay. a, sh- a sleeve cap. I kind of remember so that shape- a sleeve yeah. cap.
1: Yes, I for we some were, reason I was thinking that in
0: my head. Yeah, we were sitting in a coffee shop next to the gym, yeah. and you were showing me where to put the safety pins so that I would pick up evenly between those safety pins, yeah. so that I would have a perfectly shaped sleeve. Cool. I completely remember that. <laughs> See Charlene's been teaching me knitting skills for so many years. That was like fifteen years ago. That
1: That's was. so cool. It's shocking how long ago that was.
0: <laughs> Our kids were still tiny, and wow, yeah, yeah, so that is a good tip
1: so and like Gail was saying there are lots of resources available online. A couple that I found was. Let's see, one website that I found was the Pearl Soho website. They have several videos for picking up stitches, including picking up stitches along a vertical edge and picking up stitches along a garter edge because sometimes garter stitch can be a little confusing because what looks like multiple stitches perhaps isn't as many stitches as you think it is just because of the garter. Mm -hmm. So you just want to be sure that you're not picking up too many stitches. So the, again, the Pearl Soho website has a separate video for picking up on a horizontal edge, on a vertical edge, and then on a garter edge. So that would be very helpful. I also wrote down the Plymouth Yarn website had some videos for picking up stitches, and we'll put links
0: to both of those sites in the show notes. And another great resource I wanted to mention is Elizabeth Doherty's Redesigning or Reimagining the Set in Sleeve mm-hmm. book. She gives excellent tips for doing a set in sleeve pickup really, really well, and she gives examples on ratios, and she does a really cool thing where she does short rows to get a perfect fit because of course your shoulder is round and most sleeves are not round. So to get a better fit on your shoulder cap, she has just really great instructions and she has some tips. One of the tips I remember is to pick up with a smaller needle. Oh yes,
1: that's good to mention. Yeah. Good point. Yes.
0: Yeah. Oftentimes when you pick up stitches, they can look a little stretched. So if you pick up with a smaller needle and then put all of those picked up stitches onto your correct size needle. It can help make those stitches look more normally spaced and not slightly longer. But be careful, don't use too small of a needle because I've done that and then it's very difficult to get the correct needle into those stitches and knit them because then they're too tight. So only drop down <sighs> one maybe two needle sizes from what you are supposed to be knitting with when you pick up the stitches don't drop too far what i'll usually and
1: do is just switch to the needle on the first row of knitting
0: yes well that works yeah. too but if you pick i've picked up with too small of a needle and i couldn't knit the stitches they just there was not enough oh. okay given the yarn yeah. and another tip that i've learned is to knit through the back of the picked up stitch oh yeah so that will tighten it up a, a little point. bit too yeah yeah. So those are two tricks that you can use if, especially the first couple times you pick mm-hmm. up stitches, you might end up with slightly elongated stitches where you've picked up a little practice and that tends to lessen over time. But it still happens to me on occasion. Yeah. So, you know, it's just one of the it things absolutely that results still from picked to up me. stitches. And sometimes yeah.
1: your yarn could react differently. Using, I have found that if I'm using a linen yarn, for example, I have to be much more cautious about my needle size and remembering to use a smaller needle to pick up because those stitches can look, for me, they've ended up looking more elongated if I'm not careful about making sure that the stitches stay small on the pickup length pickup area.
0: Yeah that makes sense because it's not as elastic. Yeah so probably
1: your fiber has something to do with how easy it is and I think wool is also a little bit more forgiving
0: Mm -hmm.
1: than linen for the pickup area because I know that when I have to pick up a long linen I have to be more exact to get it to look perfectly flat and nice the way I want it to look than I do in wool. Wool's definitely more forgiving.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that doesn't surprise me at all. And one other thing I wanted to mention, so this ties back to our last school of knit when we were talking about button bands and stuff, and you said you experimented for years on picking up for a button band to not get the button band to lift higher than the body of the sweater. So button bands, if you are picking up stitches to knit a button band, typically your button band is going to be ribbed and often the body of the sweater from which you picked up stitches is not ribbed. So ribbing pulls in more. So if you're discouraged because you're button band is riding higher at the bottom than the rest of your sweater, it's not because of how you picked up stitches necessarily. (laughs) It's because the ribbing pulls it up higher than the rest of the sweater.
1: And for a very, very long time, I thought I was doing something wrong and everybody else in the world was having perfectly lined up button bands until Ravelry. And I saw pictures that everybody's looks like that.
0: (laughs) So it it doesn't even matter how aggressively you block things. Sometimes you just can't make that even at the bottom. So that's not the picking up of your stitches. That's just a function of the fabric. Yes.
1: Good point. Okay. So just practice, practice, practice. And sometimes you will learn more if you practice on your swatch and for your pickup, you use a different color use a contrast color so that you can see where you're picking up and what shows, what doesn't show, that kind of thing.
0: Very smart. Also a good idea if you're ever doing a provisional cast on with other yarn, use a different color so that when you go to pick up those stitches again, it's easy to find them. Very good point. It's always a good tip, (laughs) yeah. All right. So hopefully that was helpful. Don't let picking up stitches discourage you because of course you can always ask in the Ernie group on Ravelry because everybody there is so sweet and helpful. And I'm sure that I
1: will think of another tip or reference as soon as we stop recording. So check in the Ravelry group to keep the conversation going or to pick up other tips.
0: Yeah. Give us your suggestions and your... Resources and anything else on the subject of picking up stitches? Sounds good. We appreciate it. (laughs) And I also wanted to mention regarding my journey and learning on the subject of racism if I say something that is inappropriate or wrong or whatever, please call me out on it. (laughs) I am very open to learning and. I don't know what I don't know sometimes, and I want to learn the things I don't know. So please never, never hesitate to call me out on something. Send me a DM, send me something on Ravelry, whatever it takes. Just please, I want to learn. So please teach me if I make a mistake. Yes,
1: absolutely. And we, yeah, we're open to learning, and we're not perfect people. (laughs) No, not at all. (laughs)
0: All right. And I also wanted to mention that we will continue the Saturday Zoom meetups 1pm Pacific time through the month of July. And this coming weekend is the 4th of July and Saturday is the 4th of July. And I will be on that Zoom call. So hopefully somebody else will be there with me. I will be there with you as well. I was not
1: able to be there last week and I really missed it. We have a very fun group of regulars that has started to show up every Saturday. And I am so excited to get to know these knitters better. And we have a rotating group that comes in when they can,
0: and everyone is welcome. Everyone is welcome. Absolutely. <laughs> They're many people have become Saturday regulars, but we always want more people to join. So don't let that intimidate you because everybody is so sweet and Mm -hmm. we all chat about what we're knitting and it's fun. Who knows what else? And it's just great. It's really fun. Very welcoming and come join us, please. Yeah.
1: It's definitely one of the benefits that has come out of the whole shelter in place because yes. we would have never really thought to try that and we both get so much pleasure out of it so it's worked out it's well. one
0: of the highlights of my yeah. life actually. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like okay I'm gonna go zoom at one o'clock and everybody yeah. knows okay stay out of the bedroom <laughs> mommy's zooming and I'm just so tickled because I get to knit or yeah. wind my yarn yeah. or whatever exactly. and it's just so much fun it is. I love it it is okay well, happy knitting everybody. Stay safe and enjoy what you're working on. Happy knitting.
1: Bye-bye. Bye. You can find our podcast on iTunes at Yarniax Podcast. Visit our blog with show notes at yarniacs.com. We have a friendly and engaging Yarniacs Podcast Ravelry group. My Ravelry name is Knitter Ninja Shar. Gail's is Gaily Whaley. You can follow us on Twitter at Yarniacs or on Instagram at Yarniac and at Gailey
0: Whaley.